Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. And glad to have everyone back with us again as we begin a conversation, another one here on Chicago's Legal Latte. And, and sometimes it's good to just get back to basics. And today may be one of those days. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, very happy to be starting another conversation and taking a look at a new topic here on our podcast. Now, in recent weeks, we've, well, I say we've kind of dug deeply into some very interesting and maybe somewhat complex issues in a couple of cases. And I thought we did so with great results, uh, some some very interesting conversations. Today, I'm going to say that we're going to step back and, and look at something that I would call more of a fundamental concept in law. And it's, I, I say that because it's one we've talked about quite a bit in other conversations. It seems to come up in many of our podcasts, but we sort of gloss over it. So today, today we're going to talk about it in detail. That's powers of attorney. And I'm looking forward to the conversation uh, because it's you know one that we reference so often, and it gives us a chance to really talk about it today. Now, to assist with the information that you need is Lavelle Law Attorney Kelly Anderson. Kelly has been with us in the past, although it's been a while. So, Kelly, um, thanks very much for being here. Nice to talk to you again. Thank you. Nice to be here. So, you know, I always like to start these conversations, as you know, with sort of a basic introduction and definition of what we're going to be talking about. So, you know, at a high level, if you're introducing the topic of uh, power of attorney, what exactly are we talking about? You know, Illinois has a power of attorney act, and most states do. They also have a living will act. And these two acts authorize something called, or it's a legal term of art, advanced directives. And essentially, a power of attorney and a living will are documents that allow you to declare your wishes concerning your health care, financial and property affairs in advance. Um, they are, like I said, in advance, advanced in the sense that they should be followed in the future upon the happening of certain circumstances. And it allows you to appoint someone that you trust to act as your fiduciary and manage your affairs in the event you are, un- are unable to. Logistically speaking, um, you know, powers of attorney need to be signed, dated, witnessed. There's very specific requirements, um, and they also need to be notarized. So uh, it's good to make sure that you speak with an attorney before actually executing them. Okay. Now, I, I want to get into that definition a little bit. Um, you know, the title that we refer to as, as power of attorney, but you mentioned, you know, desi- designating someone to sort of carry out your wishes. This doesn't need to be a, a legal representative as an attorney. It could be a family member or someone who you have chosen to be basically, for lack of a better term, your, your spokesman or your, your representative going forward. Absolutely, absolutely. And if, and if you appoint someone other than that, if you were appointing a bank or something like that, then there might be a fee um, you know, a, attached to it. So most people do appoint a family member or someone, uh, you know, an outside family uh, or a friend to do this um, for them, someone that they, they trust to manage their affairs. Okay. Now, how does it work? Is this a complicated process? I assume uh, you mentioned, you know, having documents signed and, and notarized and, and having made this selection. If I'm looking to designate someone as, uh, give them power of attorney for me, what do I go through with, in terms of working with my attorney to get it done? Well, you, you absolutely need to talk to your, your attorney and talk about specific things that you want addressed or that you want your agent to be able to address. Um, you know, 
even though you may not need a power of attorney now because you're fine, you're healthy, you're you know 20 something, um, you need to put it in place now because whether you become ill someday, disabled, incapacitated, or whether you might be trapped overseas and um, can't you know as a result of a flight delay or something, and you need to have someone act in your place um, for healthcare or property decisions, you you cannot put one in place after you've become incapacitated or um, after you're you know, trapped somewhere. So you need to plan ahead, and, and everyone needs to do that. And um, you do need to talk to an attorney to make sure that you follow the Illinois Statutory Short Form Power of Attorney Act and include all the necessary details in it. Okay. And, and how, do you, how do you benefit from this, or who, who particularly would benefit? This is just, uh, as you said, uh, making sure that if you ever need something, you've got someone that, that knows what you want. Absolutely, to you. yeah. Anyone who wants to prepare for the day that they can't act for themselves, whether, like I said, uh, there's illness, disability, incapacity, or just inability to be somewhere at the right time, um, and financially they're really useful. If, if you need um, someone to pay your bills, write checks, make investment decisions, sign contracts, um, establish trusts, you can put that into your power of attorney for property or um, health care in those situations, and they're very useful. Interesting. All right. Well, I want to talk about uh, some of the primary cases in which um, these might be needed, but but let's talk about the different types of powers of attorney. And I, I, as I recall, as I mentioned at the beginning, we've talked about these in different podcasts. I think there are different situations, maybe financial, maybe healthcare related. I mean, what, what types of uh, powers of attorney might exist that we should be aware of? Sure. There are, the way I see it, there are three main types. There's non-durable powers of attorney, springing powers of attorney, and durable powers of attorney. The one I personally deal with the most because I do real estate transactions is something called the non-durable power of attorney for property. When I'm representing parties in real estate transactions, sometimes they simply can't be at the closing and someone needs to sign documents on their behalf or accept proceeds or sometimes I've even had to sign loan documents for borrowers. So, you know, whether they're out of the country or they just simply can't fit it into their schedule, um, they can provide me with a power of attorney that takes effect immediately but is also very limited in scope, um, sometimes allowing me to just sign loan documents or just attend the closing um, and sign things at the closing on their behalf. So it's, a, it's limited in time and scope, but it is also effective immediately. And, and that's uh, one that you want to make sure that you draft carefully. Okay. Okay, and that, that was one, and as you said, one that you're familiar with. you want to share any details right. on the other end, how they might be different? Yeah, the, with a springing power of attorney, this is the one that comes into effect when a specific event like an illness or a disability occurs. And this can be set up so that your agent, this person that you trust, can make decisions going forward on health care decisions and property or financial decisions if, um, if you're incapacitated for some reason. If you don't assign someone in advance and, and then become incapacitated, then it might have to go through court and have a, a guardian appointed. And this will cost your family time and money and it could be someone that you don't trust that gets appointed to be your guardian. So a springing one is, is planning for the future, a future event, an you know, event that you don't want to happen but very well could happen. Okay. Um, and we're, then we're talking... there are also – yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I wanted There's to get to that the... Go ahead. Sure, yeah. There's a durable power of attorney which immediately allows your agent to act on your behalf even after you become incompetent or physically able to make decisions, and this can be for both property and or health care. Okay. 
Um, Kelly Anderson is uh, the person you're hearing from. Kelly is uh, an attorney at Lavelle Law Limited, and she's got you know a dozen years of experience practicing <laughs> law, and I'm sure has encountered a, a number of situations in, in which power of attorney is needed. Um, some of those instances, as she's described, are immediate, um, but uh, others are forward-thinking, and it's just a matter of putting a, a logical plan in place for when they when they might be needed. Now, you talked a little bit about limitations there, and naturally, by definition, what you're saying is, a, you know, the power of attorney is something you want when you need it, and you want to have it prepared. Um, you know, some people may be a little reluctant to sign one because they feel maybe they're giving up some rights or authority, but the way these are designed, it's really not a legitimate concern they should be worried about, is it? No, absolutely. I mean, so long as they are, you know, reviewing these documents before they're signed, before they're witnessed, to make sure that the limitations are in there. And, and the Illinois statutory short form, say, for example, with property, it lists, uh, you know, a whole um, spectrum of financial or property-related transactions. And you can simply cross out the transactions that you don't want your agent to have authority over. You can also list um, items that aren't included in the uh, statutory short form items that you want them to be able to to handle so um, it, it can absolutely be tailored for each individual person and that's you know when you should definitely talk to an attorney to make sure it is properly tailored okay and I, I think I heard you say earlier these can also be be temporary if I if I know I'm going to be out of town for uh, on a trip overseas for a couple of weeks or I have uh, something else that may tie me up and I want to make sure that something that may be happening is addressed, I can set one of these up and just have it be for that period, and, and when it's Absolutely. over, I can yeah, roll it back. And usually when I'm doing a, a real estate transaction, you know, I limit it to a couple of weeks. If we know the closing is actually going to take place on a certain day, you know, maybe I extend it a couple of days past the closing date just in the event that there's something after the closing that I have to deal with. But you can absolutely limit the time frame. And, you, um, you know, you can also amend your powers of attorney. If, if you want to change the agent or add successor agents, which I highly recommend people have successor agents listed on there because um, legal Legally, your chosen agent doesn't have to exercise the powers in there. They can simply decline to act. So it's always good to name a successor uh, agent so that there is someone who will act. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's a great point because I was going to ask about that, and I think that's very helpful advice. Now, I, I heard you say that uh, one of the things you want to do is sit with your attorney and, and work through exactly what you want the document to include and, and to have uh, a plan in place. I'm going to go ahead and assume here logically that really what you also want to do is have a conversation with the person that you're designating as as the person you want to make those decisions and and really go through with them um, in advance what things you might want them to do when you're incapacitated or unable to do so so they know what the responsibilities and what the expectations are and that seems like exactly. it would be a good step. Exactly. And because if, 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 if there's ever a question, if something isn't specific in the document, if you've had these conversations with the person, then they can speak to your wishes because they are your agent and they know. So absolutely, you should talk with the person beforehand and make sure that they aren't going to decline to act before you put their name down on there. Mm-hmm. And, and in terms of dealing with your attorney, is this, um, you know, it doesn't sound like a particularly complicated process and it's probably something, as you said, to, to get done early in life uh, as you're getting yourself established as, as an adult and then Absolutely. just keep an eye on it going forward, right? 
Absolutely. I think everyone should have them, along with, you know, thinking about their estate planning, maybe a will or trust set up. Um, but absolutely, these are things that are not terribly complicated, but something that everyone should have. Okay. And, you well, know, uh, going... Sorry, I was just going to say, along those lines, um, something else that people usually consider when they're thinking about these things is the living will, which isn't a power of attorney, um, but it, it, it doesn't appoint an agent to speak for you, but it does allow the withdrawal or withholding of life-sustaining treatment, and that's something some people want to consider, too. Yeah, and those, those kind of go hand-in-hand, hand, really, in terms of documents exactly. that should get done at some point. Exactly, exactly. And then with a living will or, or these powers as a health care, um, generally then it's a good idea to, to make sure your doctor has a copy of that once it's executed so that uh, they know what to do. Specifically the living will. Um, for the health care, I think that you can also give that to them too, but the living will is most important because really um, the doctor needs to know your wishes in, in those circumstances. Okay. Well, uh, I want to take a moment here to thank uh, Kelly Anderson for joining us. Uh, as always, uh, great content, great information. And as I said, this is one that we've uh, we've kind of danced around a little bit in the past, and I want to make sure we had a chance to uh, talk about it in a little more detail today. So, uh, you know, as always, thanks to, uh, to Kelly at Lavelle Law for, for being here. And as you can tell, she's got a great deal of knowledge and experience to share, um, and she does it more so than just here, of course, on our podcast. She recently posted several very informative articles at lavellelaw.com. Uh, I suggest you check that out. The website is a great resource for articles, podcasts, and, and information about all the 19 attorneys over at Lavelle Law. You can get to know them a little bit and reach out to them uh, via email, via the website. Uh, all the phone information is there as well, and they're always uh, available to stop and have a conversation with you on topics like this or, or any others. So thanks very much for being here today. I uh, certainly appreciate all of you who listen, and we look forward to having you join us again for our next edition next week. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. 